Welcome to the Learning Capacity Podcast, where we explore stories from around the world. We hear from educators, parents, students, entrepreneurs, and scientists about innovations that help make learning easier and more successful. I'm your host, Peter Barnes. Today we catch up with a remarkable young woman who first appeared on the podcast a year ago. Her name is Sarah Rasborsek, and she told us 12 months ago how she was rebuilding her brain after she suffered chronic brain inflammation. Now, 12 months later, Sarah has come back to give us an update on the progress she's made in recovering her life. She actually hasn't succeeded in returning herself to how she was prior to the brain inflammation. She describes herself as Sarah 2.0, a new version of herself. Sarah, welcome back to the podcast. For those of our listeners who didn't hear our first conversation, Sarah, would you mind just giving us a bit of a summary of what happened? Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you, Peter, for having me on the podcast. It's great to be back. Uh, so, in my last podcast, we spoke about uh, how I'd represented Australia at the World Age Group Championships, which is like a Masters type event in Amsterdam. Uh, that was for my 30th birthday. And then I just completed my first ocean marathon, which is a 10K swim. So, I was not professional, but I was definitely fit and loving life and running around and being very busy. Um, then I had one more race. A triathlon up on the Gold Coast and basically after that race which I finished in normal time uh, normal race um, after that I had a headache and the headache never went away and I never really got out of bed after that. For, and that was for almost a year and a half is that what ended up happening? Yes. Yes? Unbelievably but yes. Mm. Mm. Oh, terrible and you had uh, difficulty getting a diagnosis, I believe, but eventually you did. And uh, you've given me a list of um, things that were diagnosed about your condition, uh, which uh, the, the main one was brain inflammation, correct? Yes, Severe right. brain inflammation. Mm-hmm. But this, I've got a list here. I'm going to just read a few of them, then perhaps you can fill in the rest. Okay. It's things like chronic inflammation, um, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome which i don't know what that is maybe you can tell us about that you you had vertigo you had constant headaches chronic pain um, fatigue mental and physical weakness muscle weakness you were paralyzed down the left side of your face your hands were paralyzed when they weren't paralyzed that you had tremors you had complete memory loss uh it's just a a, a litany of horrible things tell us about it mm, it's a it is a nightmare to remind me, but uh, yes, all those things happened quite fast after that uh, race, and then they got worse as the 18 months went on. Um, the POTS, as you mentioned, that was that means when I stood up, my blood pressure dropped really low. So I was that's why I was stuck in bed for 18 oh, months. Oh, this is this is the post- postural orthostatic, mm-hmm. etc otherwise known as POTS. So basically, yeah, the part of my brain that regulated my blood pressure was um, injured, so I couldn't get out of bed, I couldn't get off a chair. Um, and combined with all the other things you mentioned, vertigo, chronic pain, headaches, 
all those things. Um, but putting them all together was just devastating. So you were totally wiped out from your previous life where you were a, a highly motivated, successful mm-hmm. athlete, business person. Uh, you went into complete collapse. Mm-hmm. 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 Yes, the brain mm. the brain controls everything. So mm. when the brain is injured or inflamed, it can't put the signals out to regulate your heart rate or regulate your breathing. So mm. all these things became non-automatic for me, and I the control system couldn't regulate everything about about my body. Which and and, and this all got triggered about two years ago. Mm-hmm. Now almost two years later. You're here sitting in front of me. Mm-hmm. We're having a chat. You've traveled uh, an hour and a half to get here. Yes. And you describe yourself now as Sarah 2.0. Yes. <laughs> With much affection. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's very nice. So we, well, let's hear about Sarah 2.0 in a bit. But in, in the meantime, let's um, talk about a little bit more about what this chronic inflammation of the brain caused in you besides those those um uh diagnoses we've talked about there mm-hmm. were there were functional things that we, you were unable to to well, drive all sorts of things you tell us a bit more about that and you and you had auditory processing difficulties can, yes. can you talk to us about sure. those things um like you mentioned yeah i I can drive it, well, I couldn't get even out of bed, but that's a good example to give you an idea of what. My family tell me I looked like an Alzheimer's patient. So I'd put her around the house. I would not remember where I had come from or which room I had just been in. I didn't know that I lived, I moved back in with my parents. So I was staying in the room that I grew up in for 30 years. So. And did you remember that room? From- no, I did not. I, I knew that was my room, but I had no memories. I had, I didn't, I knew my parents were my parents, but I didn't have any memories about them or, or my sister or my brother. So to give you an idea, that's wow. how bad it was. Wow. So you were sort of untethered from your past. You had no idea. Did you know you were Sarah? Did you know that? Um, not really, no. Mm. <laughs> I didn't know my middle name or my last name. I didn't. People kept calling me Sarah, so I was like, okay, it must be Sarah. And then I—that's where I thought of the name 2.0. I guess I guess I'll have to work towards that. Um, but honestly, like just the simple things I couldn't do. Like um, I remember one day trying to sort the cutlery into the cutlery drawer, and I couldn't figure out which was a fork and the knives. It, my brain, it was just too hard for my brain wow. to process that sort wow. of information. That's a very simple task. Mm. Mm-hmm. Another part of my brain that was really affected was the language center. So the inflammation was mainly on the left side, and that's where all your auditory processing is, your speaking skills, your reading skills. Um, and actually, there was a time for months I couldn't speak. Properly, I was communicating through text messages or writing notes, but then my handwriting, I lost, I didn't know how to <laughs> write the alphabet, so I just had to do my texting. Um, and being unable to communicate locked me into this dark hole. That sounds just absolutely awful and terrifying. Emotionally, you must have been in a bad way. 
It's weird. I was, but I wasn't. I, I actually became very apathetic because of the inflammation. Like I had no access to my emotions. So it's almost like they've been put on hold until now. I'm a bit better and I can start to process what I went through. And now I'm starting to feel really scared what I went through and really sad and grieving. And now that's the process I'm going through now. Mm. It was terrifying, mm. absolutely. I remember a girlfriend ringing me during that time and she said, how do you feel? Are you depressed? Are you sad, anxious? And I said, I actually feel nothing because there's nothing there. My brain is inflamed, it's not working. Wow, but now it's working and you, you get it, you've got those emotions back and they're, they're coming back strong, strongly? Yes? I would say yes. I'm yes. catching up. You're catching up? Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. Oh. It's like I have a backlog of emotions to process. They've that nearly two years of being um, catapulted out of my life and being put into this weird space. And now I'm um, getting my head around what I've been through. So you, did you have people to help you process this? I mean, you, 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 you undertook a lot of therapies, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, throughout all this, did you have a, a um, someone, a, a family member, a friend, a professional to help you handle what was happening to you? I have my beautiful sister who's sitting here in the room with me, Nicole, who gave me a lot of emotional support and my, and my parents. I said I moved back in with them. So you've, you've told us about uh, what, what, how this happened, where it happened, um, how it's affected you, all the things, your cutlery, you couldn't sort cutlery. And we, we got, got, got to the point where, so in, in a time sequence, about a year after this happened to you, you and I had a chat on, on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And at that time, you seemed to be getting better, but then you, you relapsed. You've told us, yes? Yes. Mm -hmm. But you're out of that period and coming good. You're heading for 2.0, Sarah 2.0, yes? That's the goal. Mm, okay. Uh -huh. uh, and so what can you do now that you couldn't do six months ago? So now life's looking a lot different and, and a lot more fun. I did have a little, um, I guess, relapse. The body was still... Um, dealing with a lot of chronic inflammation and that made some things worse even though when we spoke last I'd made a lot of gains especially I was able to learn to speak again so um, that was a big gain and then but then other things went downhill like thyroid and hormones and all these other things so but up up till now I've had a good six weeks six eight weeks so I can swim I've just jumped back in the pool, which is a, it's a joy for me because that's my favourite sport. So I've been swimming a couple of times a week, just just like 20 minutes. It's just lovely. Um, I have driven around the block a couple of times, but it's quite full on. Yeah. There's mm -hmm. a lot. There's a lot going on. I forget to check my speed, and and the other day I think I, sister and I were driving, and I ran into the gutter. <laughs> There's a lot to process when you're driving, isn't it? There? There's stuff happening everywhere. You've got to do stuff with your feet. You've got to look. You've got to listen. 
Um, mm. So is that is that sort of you don't notice all those things, or that just overwhelms you? And you have to kind of focus in. How I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember to check uh-huh. speeds or look mm, certain mm, ways. Mm. It's just too much information. Mm, so, right. so I've I've done a few test runs, but mm-hmm. I'm going to keep myself off the road for a little bit longer, <laughs> <laughs> I believe. Uh, I've been able to walk my dog now every day, which is a beautiful because I had vertigo for nearly t- two years and that low blood pressure. So. Um, to be able to walk again makes me feel less disabled and more independent. Mm, you know, mm, I can walk mm, to the shops now or walk mm, to the train mm, um, and I can be an adult again mm, <laughs> instead of feeling like a Alzheimer's patient. Um, I've even managed uh, Westfield for an hour or two, which uh, <laughs> I've been told by my able-bodied friends that's quite... <laughs> that's a big experience. ...for even a healthy person <laughs> Absolutely. at this time of year. Is an hour at Westfield at Christmas time is hard work. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> memories returning have been um, amazing because... Um, as you know, memories are recreated every day as we remember things. So um, the things that we remember about our lives are the things we choose to remember about us. So for me to remember where I we went to school or where I we went to uni and things like that has helped me remember who I am like on a, on a really deep level. Um, and to lose that and not... To remember who I am for 18 months, two years, it was... Um, mm. So you lost you, you, you lost 18 months to two years and some of it you got back, but you're getting memories back from prior to that? Or did you, Do you remember what, all of what happened to you during that 18 months to two years? Not really. No. It's quite hazy, yeah. Which is probably not a bad thing, really, because it was pretty horrible. Right? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm glad mm. not mm. to. Mm. I, I have kept a lot of diaries during that time and when I read back what I went through it's just harrowing Mm. I'm like day in day out I'm waking up in bed and I'm like where am I what room am I in what house am I living in what suburb what country is this Wow. it's really scary and then I used to write out bits like prompt cards so I'd keep them next to my bedside table and I'd wake up in the morning have a panic I don't know where I am, so I'd pick up this piece of paper and say, okay, I'm Sarah, I'm living at home, this is the suburb I live in, I'm with my family, you've had a brain injury, you're in, but, but you're recovering. I put lots of positive things in there. But um, to remind me, and there's just little strategies like that wow. to get me through the day. Wow. Mm. Mm. Um, and one... Beautiful thing that's happened in the last couple of weeks is uh, you mentioned my left side of my face was paralyzed, which often happens when someone has a virus that causes brain inflammation, which is um, where my doctor's thinking this this has originated from. So the left side of my face is like numb and like you can't mm. see this on the podcast, but my smile was lopsided. Oh. I had trouble chewing on that side. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a couple of weeks ago, I noticed my cheek was like waking up and I was able to. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But to, for me, like that plus the memories makes me feel like Sarah again. Because a smile is such an important part of who yeah, you are. Like yeah. someone sees you and you just smile. <laughs> yes. And I didn't recognize myself in the mirror without my. My proper smile. So that gave me a lot of hope. Great. 
Sounds like you had a lot of hope throughout this thing. One of the things that strikes me about your story, and I reflect on our earlier conversation, how if you weren't you, you could still be back in that bed, not knowing who the hell you were or where you were. You seem to have a, a, a and it must be related to your sporting um, focus, the ability to focus on the future, to set goals, to be positive. Um, that seems to me, and I'm not a medical person or anything or a psych person, but that seems to me to be a, an important piece in how you've managed to come from where you where you were. Mm, do, what do you think of that? Is that is yeah, that, I, I agree. Those, mm? those habits, those neural pathways that I had developed mm. to get to the world championships mm. probably has saved my life in this circumstance or prepared me to get through this situation yes, yes. so that, well, I'm lucky also that they were there, but that they weren't damaged so much yeah, yeah. by the brain inflammation because mm, mm. it, it hadn't affected all of my brain, but um, having those habits there and that habitual positive thinking and the, you know, I've got a gold chart up on the wall and every day I mark off what rehab I've done and what progress mm. I've made. So. Those habits were already there from the athletic side. Of things. And the other thing I think I noticed in your notes that you you also do is you you just mentioned then you reward yourself when you have a success. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm so you're continuously reinforcing the positive and the gains and the and the effort. That's yeah. been very important. Mm. I mean, that's for anybody trying to learn something new, to celebrate the small wins and the gains, mm. gives you that sense of. Um, movement forward and improvement. I have um, met a friend who had a similar injury to me and uh, he said to me, I won't be happy until I'm 100% back to where I was in my life. And I, so he's desperately unhappy because he's not well. And in reality, I'm never going to get back to where I was because this has changed me. So I need to celebrate the little steps yeah, forward. So I'm never going to be that Sarah 1.0. I've got to be Sarah 2.0. You've recalibrated your expectations of yourself. Yes, mm. absolutely. Yeah. Every mm. experience we have changes who we are, and mm. I can't change this. So, yeah, moving forward. Very powerful. So, Sarah, in this journey, no doubt when it first happened, you started to seek a diagnosis so you could undertake therapies for a cure and um, that wasn't easy I understand you saw heaps and heaps of specialists and um, it took you a while to get it figured out and point you in the right direction talk to us about that please that part of my journey has been the toughest um, going through the medical system with um, you read out my symptoms earlier mm. and they're quite severe and then I, like, for example, I went to hospital and had all these nasty sorts of tests for my brain. And unfortunately, it nothing showed up in the tools and the scans that the hospital had. Um, and I've had to seek alternative um, diagnoses or, or doctors. Um, and that was really frightening to be put through the medical system and being told, Oh, this is all in your head because we can't see it in your blood or we can't see it on a MRI um, so that was really difficult and to keep believing in myself that yes something was wrong 
So I did see a lot of specialists and that's where it was tricky with my range of symptoms. I needed um, someone that would look at the holistic picture and that's not something that, say, Western medicine generally is good at. They're very good at zoning in on one thing and then forgetting about everything else. So I've had to... It took 18 months to find a doctor who would take me as as a whole package. So, oh, so you found a Western doctor to do that, or it was an alternative? Yeah, yeah. A, a, a integrative um, GP. So that finding him got me out of uh, limbo doctor land, which <laughs> limbo doctor land, yes, <laughs> which was not a nice mm, place mm, to be. So I understand you've been doing all sorts of therapies to move you from. Sarah 1.0 to Sarah 2.0. Mm -hmm. Tell me, what have you been doing? So I've done a lot of research myself actually to find things that would help. Um, I'll just tell you before I tell you what I've done is I'd often see a doctor and I'd be sitting there looking like this Alzheimer's person and they say, Sarah, you'll never get better. This is how you're going to be for the rest of your life. Oh. Forget sport, forget triathlon, forget ocean marathon swimming. Here's a script for an antidepressant. And I just, oh, it no. made me so angry. And I was like in that brain fog and like, had no idea who I was, but I knew that this person is lying to me or had, had a false impression mm. and mm. giving up to, way too mm. early. Mm. So I've sourced these, um, rehabilitation work for my brain myself and some of these you, you'll probably know or they're just normal habitual things that people do like I've been going to yoga every day I mean most days <laughs> we got done 250 classes in the last year so wow. I made sure I got up there every day I've done Tai Chi Qigong which has been around for 5,000 years so like these things we know about but I think um, it's just being committed and dedicated to to relearning the patterns and rewiring the brain because that takes time um, it's very tedious I mean think about when you're a kid and how long it takes to learn something like ride a bike or learn to write your name so I'm relearning some of these things mm. and, yeah. and, and you're you're focused like when you started yoga for example I imagine you weren't all that good at it yeah no I'd never done yoga yeah, in my right, life. I thought right. it was boring right, it right. wasn't fast enough <laughs> right. yeah. but, but you had to focus and, and you know you kind of knew instinctively I guess that you know you weren't good at it then but if you did it regularly consistently there was a possibility you could get good at it which is pretty much the the theme of your rehabilitation it seems to me mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. repetition mm -hmm. with with um, neural pathway rewiring it's repetition and focused um work and that's the best way to um get neurons to fire together i, mm. I guess that's the phrase but it was very important to do yoga and things like that especially the breath work in yoga i Earlier we talked about how the part of my brain that controlled my breathing was inflamed, so it was injured, and I had um, sympathetic overdrive. So basically, I was in fight or flight mm. for nearly two years. So that's like <clears throat> adrenaline and heart racing. So to go to yoga every day was actually a lifesaver for me. Something for a symptom like that. I mean, you can't take a pill for that, mm. but mm. you can do things. Mm. So I had to trust that it would work. And here, here I am. Thank God I did. Um, another fun thing or sort of fun was hypnotherapy. I'd never tried that before, but that helped get my brain out of this 
I was in like a constant nightmare um, situation, especially I was so frightened I didn't know who I was or where I, um, where I was living. So um, the hypnotherapist helped me think of positive things and, and same with counselling and, and therapy and, that, and, and meditation as well, which I would do every morning and night. So, so that was important. Um, but the, the main thing, the main therapy that's made a really big difference is, is the main injury that I've received, which is to do with my auditory processing, which means the part of my brain that processes sound was inflamed or injured. My ears are fine, my hearing is perfect, but when the sound enters my brain, my brain doesn't know what to do with it. And it gets really frightened when it hears loud noises, for example, or if someone speaks to me quickly about a new topic that I'm not ready for, I'm like, ah, shut up, I can't handle it. Um, so that's that's been a big part of my rehabilitation. Recently I had my auditory processing tested, so that's not a hearing test, That's this is to test what's going on in my brain. And I suspected my left ear was a bit funny because I couldn't hear things out of that side. Um, and what I found out was overall I've got 25% hearing of a normal person. So that's your hearing or oh, your sorry, auditory processing? Auditory so auditory I'm processing is, is what the brain does with what your ears hear. That's yes. right, yes. So you've got 20% Mm-hmm. of what you should have in terms of processing what is coming into your yeah. ears, yes? So, wow. mm. so three-quarters of what I'm hearing is, is not being put anywhere by my brain. I, I see a lot of lips moving. <laughs> <laughs> you learn to lip read? <laughs> in a way, yes. yes. Mm. And, um, well, a lot of communication is non-verbal, so luckily I can... Um, Mm. body language and and uh, mm. and lip read a, a little bit so you're filling in the gaps of the stuff that it's the sound going in your brain's only getting you know, 20 25 percent or whatever it is yeah. so you're filling in the gaps of that meaning by looking at people's physical appearance their their lips their tone of voice yeah, yeah, yeah. All that. yeah, yeah. Okay. and making an educated guess of what they're going to say next oh, right. so this is what kids who have auditory processing disorder must be doing in classrooms i imagine mm, so yeah. Mm, mm. yeah and it's so confusing and it's so fatiguing and mm. i mean i i mean like i try so hard to process what I'm hearing all day and I go to bed I'm exhausted so I can only imagine mm. what a child um, in a classroom is going through and the teacher's talking to them all day so yeah, and there's all this noise around the other kids and everything that's right so will, will you this this outing you've had you're having today coming from home hour and a half to here sitting here talking to me recalling this stuff answering questions is that going to be tiring for you with this sort of reprocessing issue mm-hmm. you've got? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm already starting to feel quite fatigued and the, the lights in this room are starting to feel a bit bright and your face is going to get a bit blurry. <laughs> oh, right, okay. Well we'll, yeah. well, we'll 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 get to the end of this soon. <laughs> <That's Yeah. right. laughs> I'm getting used to feeling like that. But, um, yeah, it, has, it takes its toll because I'm putting more energy into um, trying to listen. Um, but what, what I was saying before about my left ear, um, in the left side, when I'm in a noisy environment, actually like say a cafe or there's background noise, like a TV's on or something, this, the auditory processing in my left ear goes down to 1%. 
So I'm basically not getting anything in the left side of my ear. So whatever's coming into your left ear mm. in the brain, only it's only, it's only it's only getting a tiny bit of it. Is that what you just said yeah, to me? Yeah, one percent or nothing. Oh, right. mm. So and that's when there's background noise. So, mm. but in a quieter room, it's like like this. It's it's manageable. Mm. But I something I love to do is go out with my girlfriends, have a cup of tea, and that I just can't do that at the moment. It's wow. really um, disabling. Mm. And it's invisible, so nobody has any idea why I'm no, you, you having a meltdown in the middle of the cafe. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, because you, you you look like uh, you look like a normal, healthy mm. young woman, right? Mm -hmm. But you've got um, this massive disability mm. that's been caused by this brain inflammation. Mm -hmm. mm. Wow. So, well, Sarah, two point uh, in your view of Sarah 2.0, we're skipping ahead here a bit okay. um, to the future. Uh, Sarah point 2.0 will Sarah 2.0 um, overcome this auditory processing difficulty? Yes, she will. Very good. It's just a matter of time. Mm, I mm. mean, with most things, it's a matter of time. Mm, mm, I think mm, mm. Um, the therapies that I've found for auditory processing have helped, and I'm. Uh, repeating the fossil word program that I did um, earlier in the year. And you found that through reading Dr. Norman Deutsch's book, The Brain I That did. Changes Itself, yes. Thank God he mm. had written that so mm. I could find this because, and like, thank goodness the internet's around so I can source this has come from America and, mm. um, and luckily I can access that now. And I've added a new, two new programs to my list reading assistant which is a program on the computer where I have to speak into microphone and the computer hears what I'm saying and it corrects me as I go actually I found that um, very tiring of course but my family have said that they've noticed I'm speaking better and clearer because in reality because I was speaking really softly in reality it sounds like you're whispering to me oh and everybody Oh. It's like they're whispering. So then I whisper back because I'm like, oh, well, everyone's speaking very softly. Oh, I see. Right. So reading mm, assistant mm, mm, and like this program mm. having to speak with the computer has made me like pronounce my words better. Right. I had no idea I was speaking differently. Like. Right. Wow. So reading assistant, you're reading a text on the screen. Yeah. And you're reading it aloud. Yes. And if you make a mistake, the the computer says, no, it wasn't that word. It was this word. Yeah. It stops me and mm, corrects. Mm. Yeah, I'll just skip half a sentence. <laughs> yeah. Right, okay. And so how long have you been doing that? Two months now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you said that seems to be making a difference to your ability to speak clearly. Mm. Mm -hmm. Pronounce words. Mm -hmm. And it's helped with um, coordinating my breathing. I said earlier, my breathing, automatic breathing was um, injured. So. Mm -hmm. When you speak, you need to breathe deeply and with your diaphragm. So for me to do that, and that's where the yo comes back in. So it's all it's been a very connected. holistic mm, um, mm. approach to mm. this. So I do a little bit of everything each day. Mm. The other really great um, sound therapy that I've done is, uh, is another therapy I found in the Deutsch book, and he's not paying me to say this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a therapy where I wear headphones, really good quality ones, and every day I listen to a certain frequency. 
So the theory is that my eardrum has become damaged from the inflammation and it's forgotten how to pick up different frequencies. So mm. every week I have, a, I have a new frequency and I listen for a little bit longer. And it's like I was told training um, the eardrum like it was a muscle, like you'd lift weights so every day, lift every day listen to a little bit more and it's very slow one minute it increases by one minute each day so it's um yeah a tedious process but i already i can noticing differences like my tinnitus has um, significantly gone away it's still around but it's become a lot sharper and less annoying mm, mm. Um, and tinnitus was something you didn't have before i had it I had it when I when the heat stroke and the brain yeah, but, but, but prior I never that, had it no, before no, that. No, mm, it just mm, came on mm, um, suddenly. And then being able to watch a movie for the first time because ah. I haven't been able to hear what people are saying. I've right. watched movies with subtitles. Mm. Wow. And I've oh, this is such a joy. I've been able to call some friends and have a conversation. Having an auditory processing. Um, disability if you want to call it that is so isolating so socially um cut me off from everything i mean i can still text people but there's nothing like hearing your friend's mm, voice mm. and having a chat wow so that so i'm imagining uh, all these children there's i don't know what percentage is a significant percentage of the population that has auditory processing mm. disorder uh and so they will be experiencing the sort of things that you've been talking about. Yeah. Mm. I can't the imagine. isolation and the difficulties communicating and keeping up with conversations. And mm. I mean, if we started talking to each other and there are three or four people in this room, how would you go with following that conversation? I would not cope well with that mm. because this is a one-on-one. -on -one. It's I'm, I'm doing all right. Um, but that's the other thing. My brain can't um, switch off certain sounds. So at the moment, my eardrums are focusing on your voice and the frequency, um, and it's 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 trying to block out the background noise. Like I can hear the air conditioner; it's quite loud. But you and Nicole, you probably can't hear I it. Didn't, I, Nicole, I didn't hear that. It's quite no. irritating mm. to me, and mm. I can hear mm. electrical plugs that are plugged into the wall. Like there's like like it's almost as if my ears are set at the wrong frequency. And I'm, as I understand, that's what um. Or, um, kids, children with autism have wow. their their ears aren't set at frequency of the human voice, so they miss things. Yeah. So I feel like I'm a bit like in that sort of situation. So if you put three people in the room now, I'd have trouble switching between everybody's different voices and then following the topics. So, um, yeah. Mm. But you will get there. I will get there. Mm. Yes. Mm. The brain can learn, it can relearn, which is just, just going to stick at it, yeah. Well, you're living proof, aren't you? Thank you. <laughs> so let's talk about, um, you're writing a book, before we talk about the future a little bit more, um, you're writing a book. Yes, I am. I started writing, well, it started as a blog about a year ago when I couldn't speak and I had just had enough brain power to start to, and my emotions had just started coming back and I was like, this wave of... Um, grief was coming over me, so I was like, okay, I have to do something with this, so it's going to turn into something nasty, so I had to get it out, so I started um, writing a blog each week, which was um, 
a big effort. Like it took me three weeks to write, I think, 600 words. I read some of those earlier blogs. Yes. I, have, I haven't, I must admit, I've Thank lost you. touch. Um, so I should get back and read them or I'll, I'll wait for the book. You can wait for the book. <laughs> so, so now that's turned into, um, I've just continued on, I kept writing mm -hmm. and now that's continued on. I've written about 100,000 words. I mean, it's not edited. <laughs> it's like a verbal vomit. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I have a bit more brain power, I can edit it into something cohesive. But um, that's part of the, the process of, when you go through such a life-shattering experience that I need to go through that, uh, writing a book to understand who I am now because I'm not who I was. Mm. Like mm. I really, it, I didn't have a near-death experience but I really feel like my mortality now and I feel like I lost lots of abilities and skills and I really feel life is so precious. And every bit of sound hearing I get back and every new word that I learn to speak again, it's just such a gift. And so that's just changed my perspective and I need to I need mm. to be able to express that and get that out. So am I hearing that there are some positive things about this experience, like the, you know, your ability to sort of feel the world more intensely? Is that, is that, or, or I feel is it, in my heart, yes. yes? I feel yeah. life more intensely mm. i mean i'm not saying this is easy but i'm trying to find the meaning in the suffering because um <laughs> that's the only way to heal yeah. as i understand um and now i feel like i'm gonna cry but um yes it has it's been very special to be given something like this I mean, I'm still, I'm 32 now, but I, I feel so much has changed in, inside me. So we'll see where that goes. Well, it depends who's, who it's given to, too, you know. I mean, it was given to you and you had those mm -hmm. attributes of, you know, the, the focus and the goal setting and the, the celebrating success, all that, all of that mm. stuff. It, for someone who didn't have that, this thing could have ended up very, very differently. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Do you have a title for the book yet? At the moment, it's called My Happy Place. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> and how that has has changed since before, mm -hmm. injury and after and now. Um, what I hold on to now as my as my safety and my happy place, it's, it's definitely changed me on a soul level because mm -hmm. my brain got taken away, my identity got taken away, even my bodily functions like heart rate blood pressure got taken away so i thought who am i after being disconnected from my body and my memories so that's what i'm exploring <laughs> will i i'm still writing it so we'll see oh, we'll look, see how I, it ends i'll look, look forward to seeing seeing <laughs> the story you. yeah 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 so we're pretty much towards the end of our conversation. I can see you're getting tired. Mm -hmm. We've covered a lot of ground. Thank mm -hmm. you for uh, you know, sharing all this with us and adding adding the update from last time. Just before we finish, can we finish on this? You've said that you went to someone who said to you that you need, this is the Sarah 2.0 mm -hmm. thing, that you need to have um, more appropriate goals to work towards than um, becoming a champion triathlete or whatever. Yeah? Yeah. Can you just talk to us about that as a, as a final end of our discussion sure. today? Um, yeah, this particular medical professional um, 
was trying to rein me in. I guess this was early on after, um, a couple of months after the injury had happened and I was still on the, um, on my trajectory to <laughs> glory, sporting glory. And that word, um, thinking of more appropriate goals really stuck in my mind. <laughs> um, this person has a point, I guess, but I, I said, we'll see what happens. But these are my more appropriate goals for, for the future. Um, I will continue on my auditory processing because my goal is to just sit in a cafe and have a cup of coffee. Well, I don't drink coffee, but a cup of tea with my friends. Um, I'd like to swim in the ocean without my blood pressure dropping and my heart rate going down and my thermoregulation going. So that's another one. Um, I really want to say speech because then I feel like I've overcome the, the word recall and the short-term memory loss and just like then I stumbled over my words so that would be that would be something and to get my memory back like really solid um, memories and publish my book. Well that sounds like they're very very um, appropriate goals and I'm sure you'll achieve, <laughs> <laughs> you'll achieve them all and then once you've done that you'll probably no doubt you will set yourself some other ones. <laughs> yeah. Sarah it's been wonderful catching up with you again today and Thank perhaps you. we can do this again some stage in the future for a further update. I'd love to. Yeah great Thank, Thank you. you very much. You're Thanks for listening to this episode of the Learning Capacity Podcast. Brought to you by LearnFastHQ.com, delivering the world's best evidence-based solutions for learning since 1999. Head over to our website to read a transcript of the podcast. Go to LearnFastHQ.com, that's L-E-A-R-N-F-A-S-T-H-Q.com, and click on Podcast in the menu at the top of the page. And don't forget to subscribe in your listening app so you don't miss hearing any of the interesting discussions about learning, teaching and education. Mm -hmm.